you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's going to haunt my dreams for the rest of the night. <laughs> hey, now, it's the Mike and JD show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How are you doing, JD? Dude, you know what the craziest thing about being a teacher is? The end of the year, because everyone loses their goddamn mind. And when I say everyone loses their goddamn mind, there was a 14 person fight at my school yesterday. Nice. Did it get? Did it hit Twitter yet? Did it hit Instagram? Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's. I didn't see any, but the kids. Oh, okay. I I kept because we're right outside my class. I kept all my kids in my class. I'm like sit down, and because uh, they all just want to, you know, it's video production. So of course these budding yeah. young filmmakers <laughs> wanted to bring it to. Actually, that's what started is like people talking on Snapchat, right? Yeah, that's the problem. And then. Then it got crazy after that. Then the parents, someone left parents in the building. So the parents of the kids were fighting each other in the building. And then it got crazy. And people were like, I think one of them had a gun. So people were going crazy about that. And we had to go under a lockdown. Bullshit. Oh. And then someone goes, yeah, I heard some kid OD'd in the bathroom. There were, I heard there were 14 fights yesterday. <laughs> like it was, this was on Facebook. So like it went crazy. And like the principal was oh a really gosh. good friend of mine. And I was, I talked to her, I'm like, how you doing? She's like, it was a tough day yesterday. I'm like, yes, yes, it was a tough day. And we just brought in a new coach, like right out of college. We got him a job doing being a security guard for now. And then we're going to move into teaching next year. And he's got to break up fights already and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, dude, I swear to God, it's not normally this bad. So, yeah, yeah. kids, everyone's ready for summer. So one of the craziest end of the school year stories I ever, well, it's like the craziest for me anyway. So my senior year, I'm, I actually, so I, I grew up in California and I was there from, you know, birth until I was, until like 1999 when I was a junior in high school. Right. But then my junior year, uh, we ended up moving to Missouri to a town called Mountain Grove, Missouri. And I, I was going to high school there. Well, my senior year, it's like we're, we're getting ready to graduate. And I didn't know this was about to happen. But apparently, like there's a tradition where I, I, I participated in senior ditch day. Right. Like that was oh, yeah. a tradition. So I that was Monday. Yeah. What I didn't know about was the senior prank. I just wasn't read in on that thing. Um, cause I was kind of a newer kid there. I had a lot of friends, but I didn't really have like friends that were pulling awesome pranks. So I'm just sitting in class. Right. And keep in mind, like I was working ahead. So I only went to school part-time my senior year. So I'm just like in homeroom and this is, you know, in 2001 and we're in class and all of a sudden we just start hearing screaming, like girls screaming, guys going, holy shit. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking Columbine. Cause that was still pretty fresh in 2001. Cause mm -hmm. I, I watched that on TV at my school and the, on the America one network, right. In, in homeroom. So I'm like, that's fresh in my mind. So I'm thinking about going into lockdown. Well, the teacher opens the door and you just see kids running past and they go, what the hell's going on? So he goes outside and some of us follow him out. 
the seniors, a couple of the seniors, a couple of rednecks went and captured some possums and just let them loose through the school. And they were just running through the school chasing kids. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is a great prank, but I'm scared shitless right now because I've got Columbine stuck in my head. That is absolutely <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and, um, and, this was like our school was just one giant building. So we all were like in the same building. So it was like a three-story building or something like that. So um, the whole bottom, the whole first floor was just kids running and screaming, being chased by possums. It was, uh, it was quite the scene, quite incredible. That see, we're supposed, I never, I have never been to my, all the wire went school. We didn't do a senior prank and this school that I've actually coached at for years, but this is the first year, year I've been working here full time is uh, they do a senior prank, and I have no idea what to expect. So it's coming. It's yeah. coming. Yeah, it's definitely coming. Um, well, I I think Tony Khan is coming right now because AEW has a big <laughs> TV deal on the horizon. Um, and uh, so we we were we were going to have a friend of ours on, but it doesn't look like he's going to be able to make it. So it's okay. we're just going to go ahead and talk about it. So our friend Ryan Frederick... Um, so he took to the board at some point earlier in the week, probably like maybe even it was over the weekend. I don't remember which day. The board's and a he terrible was, place for the record. It, it is. It's the Wrestling Observer Board. It's a cesspool. Don't ever go there. Yes. Um, but he, he went to the board, and there's a thread on there that kind of has been talking about AEW and Warner Media since Warner Media sold to um, Discovery. There, there's been an ongoing thread since that happened of people predicting doom, people predicting success, and then all the ups and downs of Warner Meter. There's a whole thread about it. It's like a hundred, couple hundred pages at this point. So he he went on there and he was just because AEW collisions coming up and there were rumors about um, all in going to Max. He went on there and hypothesized, which is more of an educated guess. He just kind of did some numbers, talked to some people, and made a prediction that they would be getting AEW's upcoming TV deal would be a couple hundred million a year spread out over the two shows um, for about five years. And it would be, you know, around a billion dollars over five years. That was his prediction, right? Well, then another friend of ours um, hits us up and was like, Hey, I think I got the numbers. It's a five-year deal about 1.1 to $1.2 billion. He told us that, and then that same figure made it over to Joe Lanza, Joe Lanza. Mm-hmm. wrestling Discord, and he had the exact same numbers, and he posted it on his Discord. I don't know. He wasn't reporting that. He's like, this is what I'm hearing, right? Mm-hmm. And, he's just, and he's just having a conversation with his audience. So, And Joe is not like a journalist. He's not a reporter. He's a he's kind of like us. He's just kind of a, a, a fun guy that has a fun podcast, right? But He, he also gets has scoops, though. Too. He gets scoops. Yeah. He does get the scoops, but he doesn't really. He's not like no. Melter or Sab no. or any of those guys. He's not. He's not going to like tease. Hey, major scoop coming on the the flagship this week. No, he's just gonna like. Hey, we're having a conversation and we're shooting the shit, and he'll just drop a scoop. That's kind of how he does it, right? Mm-hmm. So he he has the same numbers, and then that makes Ryan then go back to the board like, hey, look, multiple people have this same number and this same figure. You know, we're we're looking out. He gets a bunch of shit for it. Everybody's calling him out a bunch of nonsense. The guy just made a prediction. And now the prediction kind of looks like it's about accurate. And I think that he deserves a little bit of credit for that, for doing a little bit of homework and trying to come up with a number. And I think a lot of us were kind of already doing that anyway. And his number turned out to be, you know, 
uh, I don't want to say accurate because the deal hasn't been signed yet and we don't know the numbers, but the numbers are out there, right? And it's $1.1 to $1.2 billion. I've heard it could even get up to $1.4 billion. With incentives. With incentives, but just, you know, he was getting some heat means, for yeah. it. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I have no idea if this is going to be an HBO Max um, thing or a Max is going to be included, if pay-per-views are included or anything like that, or if it's just the television product, the three TV shows that are across the Warner Brother um, properties. But I, I, I don't know what it all means. All I do know is that this is freaking awesome for AEW, and if you're a wrestling fan, you should be really happy right now. So I don't know if you heard Observer Live today with Brian and, and Semp. He was, um, Brian speculated there's a possibility that this number was floated out by WWE in an Ooh. effort to over, again, I am in an effort to get fans talking about a $1 billion deal. And then if AEW announces something smaller, they can, you know, it, it downplays them. Right. So I would think that if that number was if that was accurate. And again, let's be honest, that is not beyond WWE. We talked about it last week and got a lot of views, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. We talked about it last week that they're not happy about WWE specifically. They're not happy about the Wembley thing because it's going to show out Clash the Castle. Oh, um, yeah. It's going to, it's it's not going to do the gate WrestleMania did, but it's going to be in a conversation. Um, and the TV deal in itself is not good for them because they want to be the only game in town. And it's hard to be the only game in town when your competition, who you're beating pretty handily at this point, to be honest with you, is succeeding. Yeah. Right? They'll cry poor. They'll cry foul. They'll cry underdog because that's just what they do, even though they're a monolith. So it's possible because we've seen them do stuff like this before. Right? Luke the Coppinger. That came from yeah. Nikon. Like saying, oh, explain, they're explain the Coppinger thing real quick. Just I thought we talked about know. it last week, but I'll do it well, again. I, you know what? I meant to touch on it, and I listened back, and we never touched on it. We didn't? We didn't, oh, no. Bad mm. podcast hosts. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Mike Coppinger, probably the, I, I, the boxing reporter, right? You would you would say that. Um, since Dan Rayfield left ESPN and just went to Substack, he is, he is the number one boxing reporter and the worldwide leader in sports for ESPN. So I'd say he's right there at the top. Yeah, okay. So uh, he puts out a thing right the first day of AEW's pre-sales saying, oh, here in AEW is going to scale Wembley down to 40,000. What a shame. Not going to be like when uh, 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 Tyson Fury fought. Was it Deontay Wilder? Deontay, Deontay Wilder, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last summer with 90,000 people there. Nothing like a fight. I'm paraphrasing. It was pretty close to that, though. Mm-hmm. And then Tony Khan went apeshit saying that's bullshit. That comes from Nick Khan. <laughs> By the way, it was Coppinger's agent before. Yeah. before. So And then Coppinger never copped up to it. Left it up. Um, so this is kind of what they do, right? Yeah. Nick Khan, especially really good at massaging a message with the mainstream. So it's, it's entirely possible that that is a fake number. However, I am of the mind when, remember when they thought that Mercedes Monet would debut for AEW, and as the show got closer, it started coming out. It's not going to be here. It's not going to be here. It's not going to be here. It's yeah. not going to be here. And people are like, no, there's, they're working us. They're working us. And it turned out it wasn't her. I would like to think that because Tony Khan is online, as we're all terminally aware. I would like to think that if this was not accurate, or at least in the ballpark, he would have his people saying it's not accurate instead of saying nothing. Yeah. Now, there could be under NDAs, but there's ways to circumvent things. 
Uh, dude, I don't know. So I watched Dynamite last uh-huh. night, and Tony Khan looked really fucking stoked about the announcement that he's going to have did. next week. Like, he looked like he was, like, emotionally, like, just pumped up, amped, excited. I thought at one point he might cry tears of joy. Um, and there's a little bit of nervousness in him because, you know, he wants to tell the secret, but he can't. Um, I, I think I, I think that if the numbers aren't exactly what what we're hearing – it's. I think it's going to be pretty damn close. I think so, right? Too. And and like a lot of times when these numbers are floated out, you know, one side might be floating them out versus the other side to have leverage and negotiations and yada yada yada. But whatever it is, it always ends up being in that same ballpark. It does. And then it, there and there's typically parts of the deal that that don't make the rumor mill that we end up finding out after. It's already mm-hmm. said and done. So I'm like, as kind of like a TV business nerd that I have become, I've been, I've been reading, you know, periodicals about, you know, Hulu and Disney plus merging into one app and, you know, the, the issues with Paramount and Viacom and all that stuff. I, I think this is just incredible. I think it makes all the sense in the world. Um, you know, WBD, we keep thinking they're dying and they just keep getting bigger. Right. And they, and they, they, and it seems like to me, they're about to strike a million dollar deal. But the big question is, is that going to include max? And we talked about it last week and we still can't get an answer one way or the other as to whether or not max is going to be a part of this thing. Um, But for a a billion dollars for, let's be honest for AEW, that is, um, second place by a long shot to a WWE distant. in this distant second place by a long shot. Um, I would think that if Warner is willing to spend a billion over five years, that two the two shows that are not likely to be breaking a million viewers more often than not are not really getting a significant amount of ad rates. I would think they would want pay-per-views included in that into their streaming deal. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I would think I would assume they would want pay-per-views and I would assume they want the library. Yeah, because if you take a look at the ESPN Plus model, mm-hmm. that what has been so successful for them was them bringing over um, the UFC, all the UFC content to include the pay-per-views. Now, if if Max is going to make you pay, you know, sixteen ninety-nine a month and then charge you forty dollars for a pay-per-view, I don't know that that's going to work, but you're gonna have to have some type of premium live exclusive content on that app for it to be able to work. Wrestling fans are not MMA fans, and I do think WWE is going to want to move into that eventually. Mainly, I think I just because Endeavor's already doing that and making a lot of money with UFC, I just see that being a possibility. 
Well, AEW is different boat altogether. And like you talked about how ESPN Plus is basically surviving on UFC. Peacock's, let's be honest, Peacock is surviving on WWE, yeah. right? Peacock, th- this this marriage has been perfect for both companies, right? It just, it, it blew up WWE's visibility. It's helping Peacock grow, right? Peacock is, they're still not, still not making money. No, but, but the they're playing the long game. They are playing the yeah. long game, and Comcast can afford to play the long game. Yeah, but it's um, it's spooky. I don't think that it's been bad for either company, to be honest with you. So I can see, and we talked about this last week. I can see Warner saying, "Okay, we're going to play the same deal." And if you mm-hmm. get half, maybe even a third of what Peacock's getting with WWE, you're okay. Because what yeah. else? Not a whole lot WWE's work doing is working right now. And I know people like, oh, AEW's going to get canceled. Look at these ratings. I mean, <laughs> they finished they finished ninth last night and had one of their best ratings of the year against stiff competition. Yeah, yeah. NHL, NBA, and Donald freaking Trump was back on television. I would say this was like his first like public... This is a CNN town hall, but this is like his per- first public like debate type of forum where he's doing a question and answer session since he lost the election. Well, since right? he got convicted of rape too, but yeah, yeah that's that's well, neither here nor well, there. Let, hold on, um, hold on. Let, he was held liable. We got, liable. We got to say that. Li- held like, accountable, just, not liable. Held accountable. Yeah, yeah. In a, well, well, in a he, court they were of said law. he's. They said he was no. They the term that they're using is liable. That oh, he is liable, liable for damages. I used to liable. So he had Sorry. No, liable for damage for uh for five million. This is not a political podcast, but if we're gonna say something, we've got to make sure that we're saying it correctly before and somebody uh much like this o- and sends it to him. Much like OJ Simpson <laughs> in a civil court lost. Yeah. It's very similar. Anyway, yeah. uh yes, and that's a monster. So it was a monster. And you look at those if you someone compared as I think it was on the VOW Discord, someone posted the uh the ratings, the the um the show buzz daily ratings from this week and from a year ago. Dude, and we talk about contraction in TV ratings. Not this week. Everything was yeah. significantly higher. Basketball was almost double what it was wow. this time last year. And Vanderpump Rules is, is doing great too. I don't even know what that is. All I know is it does I, really I, honestly, well. I don't know what it is, and I'm I don't care enough to go find out. I just know that it's really popular. Yeah, it's killing with females. So hey, kudos to yeah. the Vander Pumpers. So uh, this is great for AEW. Yeah. Tony Khan won. Like you think about over the years, how many people have come along and tried to create major national wrestling, right? On their own, like Joe Pettisino, uh, Paul Heyman. Who else am I thinking of? Eddie Gilbert, Dixie Carter, Carter, uh, Andrew McManus. Like so many guys have come along over the last 40 years and tried to create a national wrestling promotion. And Every the only one who was able to do it was Ted Turner, and that was just because he was Ted freaking Turner. Yeah, and every single one of them failed. How, how long did WCW last? On w- so when Ted Turner took over to the moment it died, how long did it last? Thirteen years, not quite twelve okay. and a half years. Twelve and a half years. Twelve and a half years, and then Nitro was on the air for what five and a half, six years? Mm. Uh, Ninety-five to two thousand one, so not six quite years. Six, five and a half years. Right. Five and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because it was September of '95 to March of 2001, right? Mm-hmm. So five and a half years. It was five and a half years where they actually were somewhat competitive. Um, well, actually, Four. no, it was only a couple year, 
couple year period, they were somewhat competitive, but three once Hogan got there in 94, they were kind of like, they became a bigger deal instantly. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you want, if you no. want to count like 90, they, they kinda, did. So they did kinda. it. They did it some good buy rates. They did some good, you know, at, they sold at, some houses at first, at first they yeah. did. Okay. When the, when Hogan first comes in, they do a monster buy rate and then it quickly goes back to what it was by the time before yeah. the NWO comes around, they're below pre Hogan pay-per-view sale, pay-per-view numbers. Right. Right. The best thing that ever I'm, I just started listening to the Nitro book again just today when I was mowing the lawn. I just started listening to it again for the first time in like four the, years. The, the Nitro book, or was that the Nitro? I haven't listened to the Nitro book yet. I need to oh, listen to that. Highly recommended. I'll tell you, I'll, yeah. I'll mention why I'm doing that later. Um, okay. Highly recommended. Really good book. Uh, oh, Death cool. of WCW is great because it's, it's Brian. And you get Brian's yeah. smart acidness the whole time. But this is different. This is a very different take on a very, very sober, um, you know, very business oriented. So I think you'd like it actually. Yeah. But yeah, so WCW existed for 12 years. And for half of that existence, it just kind of floated, right? Yeah. Tony Khan did it. He did yeah. it. He created a national, and again, only a billionaire could do it. Only mm-hmm. a billionaire could do it. Well, you know, when Ted Turner wanted to get back into pro wrestling in the early 2000s, they were like, you were going to need to put up like a couple hundred million dollars, and then you're going to have to take losses, and you're going to have to stick with it. And he said he didn't want to do it. So it, it was going to take somebody like that that had that kind of equity that could actually lose money um, in the beginning and to make it look like a major league production um, in order for a a – television station like TNT and like TBS didn't even take a shot, take a chance on it. It had to look big time. He had to have the right stars and he had to have the financial backing to be able to withstand just in case it failed that he would be okay, right? It had to have somebody like that with some balls. It's not just the financial backing because Live Golf has financial backing, but yeah. the Saudis haven't been able to massage a real TV deal. Tony Khan had connections, right? Because yeah. Tony Khan's got that NFL money. He's got that NFL yep. pedigree. So he was yep. able to leverage that into getting, uh, I almost called it Nitro, into getting Dynamite primetime cable from Jump, right? Yeah. And like the market was really wanting that WWE was bad in 2019. It wasn't good at all. So they needed the market really wanted something. And Tony Khan and those guys came along right place, right time. And there have definitely been some growing pains along the way, but that's pro wrestling, man. Like at this point, at this point, AEW has outlived Dusty Rhodes booking Crockett. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's that's why they've outlived. They're they're close to outliving Bischoff booking Nitro. They right? they're getting close. Twenty nineteen is when they started. We're coming up on four years of Dynamite, right? And, so, they, so, and they're about and they're on the verge of signing a five billion dollar deal. They will absolutely. I I know I know oh, Bischoff yeah. took over in ninety three, but I'm talking like when Nitro started. Nitro, he's they've already done it because Bischoff yeah. uh, Bischoff didn't make it four years. Bischoff got fired in the in the summer. Of ninety nine, so Bischoff yes. was almost four years. We we're we're we will be at four years of AEW content this month. This month is four yeah. years. We will hit four years of Dynamite in October. So, yeah, yeah Tony, uh, Tony, when the when they were when Ted actually cared about what paying attention to what Bischoff was doing, it's about to eclipse that. And like it is crazy to think about that because I know for us that was our youth. So I mean, it's just yeah. it seemed like WCW and Nitro was just a part of life. And in reality, it's a blink of an eye, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Hey, before before we transition, so a lot of people were giving heat to Ryan, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but there was one guy specifically, a guy named Matt Kuhn. Uh, Matt, Matt Kuhn is just, he's one of those Conrad Thompson guys who really, really, really wants to be a podcaster so bad. He's had podcasts with Dutch Mantel. He just recently had one with Dax. He started another one where he's slurping journalists. I don't know, but he's he's doing it and he's trying to grift using the ad free shows grift of being anti David, anti Brian Alvarez, right? Like the whole premise of the show is take their material, their hard work, and then just to try to shit on it. Right. And, and try to like, I don't know what, I don't know what their deal is and what this guy's deal is, but now he's coming after Ryan because Ryan's connected to the observer network. Matt Coon is an unkept piece of shit. I don't have any respect for Matt Coon. And I don't think that he's even be uttering Ryan Frederick's name. Well, that's the thing is Conrad Thompson is, is a very smart businessman and he saw what, you know, the Bruce Pritchard stuff is the best. And Bruce like, oh, nobody talked to Dave. Bruce talked to Dave. Bruce was Dave's yeah. source in WWE yeah. like, for a decade. They're actively like, lying and everybody knows about it. It's kind of like what I saw in that town hall last night. Go ahead. <laughs> you said this wasn't a political podcast. Uh, um, yeah. no. But like I said, yeah. so Matt Coon is following the grift, like you just said. These Conrad's podcasts are based on old men who really miss their youth and have to rely on it was better in my day. And Meltzer yeah. is the perfect boogeyman to all that because he's the same guys that post memes like it was my favorite is there's this meme. It's like it was better in the day when we didn't have dirt sheets. We didn't have this. We didn't have that. We didn't worry about this, this and this. We just had fun. And it's a picture of a little kid watching TV. It's like, yes. It was better when you were a kid and didn't know what was going on. We all love our youth. We all love the innocence of youth. That's exactly what their entire grift is based on. It's guys with a little bit of money who miss their childhood. And they have to have the bad guy. And the bad guy is Dave Meltzer. It's a shame that that Jim Cornette and another piece of shit, Brian Last, has jumped on that whole whole bandwagon of like, you know, we're going to go after the top guys. And, And Ryan takes strays because, quite frankly, he's doing what a lot of these guys want to do. Right. Yeah. Ryan writes for the Observer, the Observer newsletter every week. Ryan is a guy. He, he's you know, he gets his tweets, get put on in UFC, major UFC shows. Mm-hmm. Right. Ryan is a player and Matt Coon would love nothing more than to be a major name in podcast. But he just can't. He's been trying it for years. And well, it's hard to do when you're a talentless hack like him, who everybody knows is grifting like you're like Conrad's stepbrother. Right, you're using Conrad's play, but Conrad's talented. Conrad's a great podcast host. Yeah, I know people is. don't like him, no, and you know what? And and in my experience, he's a really nice guy. He when I started podcasting, I didn't know shit. I didn't know anybody. I DM'd him on my very first podcast. He came on as my guest, and I didn't even know how to do a podcast. And I just recorded a podcast with him, asked him a series of questions, and he put up with my shit. So like I like. I, I get it, but the whole thing with Bruce Pritchard just blew up because Bruce was actively lying and people thought it was hilarious because he can do funny impressions and he can, right? And and Bruce can tell good stories. So that, that worked. And then the same formula, you brought over Eric Bischoff. Bischoff, who had a podcast with Nick Houseman, right? On that podcast oh, with Nick, God. a terrible podcast. Terrible but on that, show. he was always complimentary of Alvarez and, and Meltzer. They, mm-hmm. they were, he would talk about the times that he talked with them, that he used to do Meltzer's podcast and stuff like that. 
Well, then he saw the money. He saw the dollar signs over at Ad Free Shows. Went over there, did a podcast with Meltzer, and day freaking one, they started the grift again. They started the formula that Bruce Pritchard had made famous where – Tell funny stories. Bischoff can't be funny. But and then shit on Meltzer. Just say Meltzer's lying. This is what really happened. And then it comes back. And then the more he talks, the more you find out that Dave actually told the truth. That's the gimmick, right? They tried to do it with Jeff Jarrett, but Jeff Jarrett's too nice of a guy. And mm-hmm. Jeff Jarrett is in is in recovery. So he's not going to be actively lying like that because that's not part of his his uh, ideology. He tried it with Jim Ross, tried it with Tony Schiavone. It just didn't work. And now this guy, Kuhn, is just hopping on the bandwagon trying to do the same shit and got Dax Hardwood involved in it, trying to get Dax some extra cash. And I'm really glad that Tony Khan pulled the plug on that shitty podcast he had. Yeah, because all that thing was doing was it, it, the funniest part is these guys who cry about, man, I need to take care of my mental health. This is driving so much problems to my mental health. While their entire their entire business is based around making is based around doxing, essentially famous yeah. people. Right. Yeah. That's what they want. They just want people to fuck these nameless avatars to just go after Dave and Dave will give every single one of them oxygen. Yeah. Right. And just yeah. Dave, <laughs> how Dave wants to run Twitter is, is Dave's business. But I mean, like I have seen more of the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet. Thanks to Dave Meltzer's Twitter than anywhere <laughs> else in the world. And it just yeah. astounds me. Week in and week. I wouldn't know who WWE Gareth is if it weren't for Dave Meltzer retweeting <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I, uh, Speaking of too much oxygen, I'm not going to give this guy any more oxygen. Yeah, we're done. If you got a problem with Ryan, you yeah. you got you can eat shit. So, Fuck off. Yeah. Um, Which I Don Callis. Notes. Fuck. Fuck. Matt Coon was was my <laughs> my note for this week. Yeah. So uh, Don Callis turned on Omega in an epic angle. Um, and if you want to know more about the history between Don Callis and Kenny Omega, head over to patreon.com slash fight game media, because JD and I are going to do some bonus content. We're going to, we, we have decided it's taken us a while to figure out exactly what we want to do for our bonus content on the Patreon. We still like being a part of the Patreon because we still like to get paid money. So, and that's, that's what brings in the dough. So we have decided that what we're going to do is historical content because Mm -hmm. that's a passion of both of ours. We share that passion. We love the laps fan. We love between the sheets. And I used to love a lot of the Conrad Thompson podcasts. So we're going to do that, but we're going to do it in our way, Mm -hmm. right? Where we're not going to, we're not going to lie and shit on people that don't deserve it. We're just going to tell the story and then talk about our memories of it. And the first one we're going to talk about um, it, we're not going too far back into history. We're going to go back to 2020. We're going to talk about um, JD's interview with Don Callis, which ultimately set the path for Don Callis to A, be on Dynamite, and B, bring Kenny Omega into Impact Wrestling. So we're going to save that talk for the Patreon. So hold on, JD. So I guess my question to you, because we don't have a ton of time, we're going to cut it short a little bit today. Um, is Callis turned on Omega in an epic angle? I love the angle, it was fantastic. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Do you think he is going to be joining the BCC or could we see him be a part of the United Empire? I think I think he's going to the United Empire, which is weird because the United Empire already has a short, uh, a short like Takalis is pretty tall. But, you know, get Lord Gideon Gray is rather short and bald. So we're upgrading. But yeah. uh, I I think that that's where we're headed just based on his Twitter. Right. Just based yeah. on what. The, and believe me, believe me, Don likes to work via twitter trust <laughs> yes. me we'll have more on that later but yes. um i think that again i was on our discord saying i don't know man I, i've been very bullish on kenny and will osprey at at wembley right yeah. because i'm like why are you gonna i mean 
I'm of, and again, I'm on an island. It seems like I am of the mind that Will Ospreay's new Japan contract is up soon, and I'm of the mind why why would you give this guy a gigantic platform in eighty thousand people cheering him at Wembley Hall, at Wembley Stadium, Stadium. Wembley Stadium. Thank you. I couldn't think of what it was called. Yeah. Um, only to have WWE come in and sign him for a bunch of money. Yeah, that's- I am on. I am on an island. I think that's stupid, and everyone has told me that I am, in fact, a dumbass. So, <laughs> well, I want them to run Omega and Osprey too. So, I'm, I'm one of those guys that don't. I don't think you're stupid for thinking that. But I'm like, if, if you have either it on paper or you just like have a really good feeling, like you got to, you got to almost guarantee that you know that Osprey is signing with you and not signing with WWE. Um, and wrestlers lie. They will grift. They will rip you off. And him main eventing Wembley Stadium against Kenny Omega in front of eighty to 85,000. I don't know how much they're going to end up with. 80-ish. In the biggest in the biggest show, in the wrestling show in the UK in 30 years. Um, I think that would make you a valuable commodity to WWE. 100%. Although... Yeah. It's funny, Dave was talking about on the show. He's like, you know, you got to have the moment with Davey. That 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 moment made Davey, specifically the Bret Hart match. You know what I just found it funny? Hey, Mike, what happened two months after that match? Uh, Davey got suspended and uh, from he lost the Intercontinental title to Shawn Michaels on Saturday night main event. And he just, yep, yep. And he just, he just ended up disappearing after that. Turns out he had gotten suspended. And then I think like, a year later, maybe a year or maybe six months later, he ended up in WCW. Three. February. He debuts in February at Super Bowl three. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. Three months four, later, he did. Yeah. 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 Crazy. So, it is. So, part of me, I just I find that ironic. Like, you know, they talk about how Davey became this huge star in the UK. And it's like, he was never really a main event. I mean, he did. He had a run with Shawn Michaels, right? When, when in, business in 90, was six. In 96, he had two matches in 96 during that, during that thing. It didn't really do much business because Shawn Michaels wasn't a great drawing champion in 96. He did better later, but 96, he was not a great draw, but Davey was never the main event guy, but that is one of those moments that gets replayed over and over and over. And WWE likes to retell history to Mm -hmm. say that that moment made Davey boy Smith, this all time legend. And that's not the case. (laughs) In reality, it was the springboard of Bret Hart becoming the champion. Yes. Because yeah. Brett wins the <laughs> belt like three weeks later. Brett's the champ. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, I mean, like, it's just, I, I enjoy their, I don't enjoy their revisionist history. Actually, it infuriates me. But this one in particular amused me because, like, we talk, well, we need the, Dave was saying, well, you need the Davy moment. It's like, yeah, but Davy was, again, he probably drew well in Europe and was a star in Europe after that, but no one ever really booked him as a main, like, a, a constant main eventer from then on. I mean, he bounced around quite a bit. He was with WCW for less than a year. And then resurfaced with WWF in '94 SummerSlam. I remember I was watching. I was in the yep. I was in the crowd, and then he's just kind of there. And then he's not really a main eventer. He's in a tag team with Luger. Then he was in a mm-hmm. tag team with Owen. And then it just he was just kind of a guy. Yeah, he was he was one of those guys that WWE WWF at the time. They just they just kept repackaging him over and over again, right? He comes back, he's got the long dreadlocks, you know, he had his WCW run that didn't go well. No. WCW run was not a success. He comes back and then yeah, he he does the Luger stuff and he, then he ends up turning heel and 
he went back to WCW. That also didn't work out because it fucked up. Someone died. Really yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he came back. He came back wearing jeans and all jacked again. And then he ended up uh, getting canned again, and he died shortly after that. So, like, he like that was not the springboard for Davy Boy Smith, to say the least. But that doesn't mean that has to be Osprey's story. No. So if he does main event this thing, Osprey, if you know if things line up right, because he's a much talented, much more talented wrestler than Davy boy. Uh, although Davy boy is one of my favorites of all time. Um, I would say he's a better promo than Davy boy. Although, like I said, Davy boy still, I love, I love everything that he did. Um, he is younger than Davy. Well, actually no, Davy boy died really young now that I think about it, but you know, he's, he's still, he's still really young. He's a guy that could be really something for them. He's, he's fantastic. So um, I, I, I think that if they could figure it out and that Osprey, Osprey with Callus in his corner versus Omega at All In would be the way to go if they could figure out what happens with Osprey after that. Do you know how old Davy Boy was when he died? 42? 43? 39. No crap. Dude, I'm 40 right now. Holy crap. 43. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that he was 30. Davy Boy Smith was 30 when he had that moment in Wembley Hall. Wembley, I keep saying Hall. Wembley Stadium. What's Will? Oh, wow. What's what? What's Will now? He's like what's, he's like thirty. He's like the same age. So it's like yeah. the same age. Wow, that's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, that's that's insanity, dude. People age differently. Well, it's also probably the steroids. Yeah, well, yeah, this and then the hard drugs and the booze yeah. and the partying. Correct. It doesn't appear that the talent are doing that stuff. I mean, some of them still do roids, but they're not going crazy on the partying and the crazy lifestyle that they had in the eighties and nineties. It just isn't the same because 40 year old guys look like they were 60 back then. For real. When I was what, when I was sad, well, it's funny because some of those guys did look really old at the time. Right. And then like, you look at (laughs) Savage, Savage looked really good at 40. Like when Savage is 40, he's still in, I get why he, why he was like, I could still go. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was and with WCW, you could still go because Savage is the exception. Hogan looked old when he was 30, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he looked old when he main evented, uh, not main evented, but he wrestled Andre in the 70s. Yeah. He just had that receding hairline. But he, when he went to WCW from WWF, he actually dropped like you know 70 pounds or something like that and was lean and was like, wow, Hulks are looking good. I thought he actually looked really good. And then, then of course, once the steroid stuff went away, he ballooned back up to over three bills. But um, <laughs> then he looked really old and he couldn't move anymore. Um, hey, real quick, uh, WWE, man, I just wanted to give them a shout out because that show they did over the weekend in Puerto Rico for Backlash, I thought that whole thing was incredible. I, I just loved that show. And I know that it was 99% it was the crowd. That's okay because they gave the people what they wanted. Those people had so much fun, and I had so much fun watching it, um, specifically Bad Bunny. I got to tell you, I don't know shit about Bad Bunny's music. I don't. And that's not because I'm a racist. It's just because I'm old and out of touch. Like I don't know modern music. right? Anything that's come out in the last 10 years, I'm just like my dad. I hate it. Right. But he he is such a celebrity, He's such a megastar. Those people love him. It was just so incredible watching his match against Damian Priest and then bringing out Carlito and Savio Vega and doing all the stuff like I just really enjoyed it, man. What did you think? Write this down, Mike. It was absolutely right down. Got my pen. It was absolutely awesome. 
I really, I really enjoyed the show. And like, I think that's the best way to consume WWE is just to watch some of the premium live events. They're not pay-per-views because you're not paying per view. Um, I, I, the crowd was unbelievable, right? Puerto Rican fans are, are notorious for being just a super lively, wild crowd. These guys had so much fun. Bad Bunny clearly loves wrestling clearly loves wrestling because he doesn't treat it as a joke he was out there taking it seriously he was having fun the puerto rican lwo shirts were a stroke of genius Mm -hmm. right i was like this is this was a good this was a good show like i really that's what wwe is at these long breaks between matches you can go pee and like you know i could have a conversation (laughs) i could stop paying attention for a little while i'm not as actively involved in watching those shows like i am at wwe or with AEW, but i mean I don't know. I had I, I enjoyed it. Worked my five bucks on Peacock. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm I'm a Peacock Premium because um I I like to watch the TV shows and I hate their commercials. Their, their commercials are horrendous. We were watching a show about uh, Jesus. They have some religious shows on there, and all they did. And then like right in but like at the commercial break when Jesus is about to heal somebody, some like like bizarre commercial came on. And I'm just like this just doesn't fit the mood that we're trying to have here. So I, I immediately just like, no, I'm, I don't want commercials anymore. And I, I bumped it up to nine ninety nine. <laughs> I so appreciate it's worth, Yeah. I appreciate using Jesus. He, one of Jesus miracles as a cliffhanger to get you back from the commercial. Like <laughs> yeah. that's good booking is what that is. <laughs> they, they definitely, they definitely got me. They did de- like, Hey, we ruined your experience with this religious show that you and your wife are trying to enjoy. And, uh, cause they played clips of it at church. So we found out it was on Peacock. So we wanted to watch it. And then <laughs> they, they messed it all up for me that's with those hilarious. stupid commercials. So yeah, no, I, I'm yeah. not, I would not be religiously moved. To, to spend, spend the full thing on Peacock, I am, in fact, a cheap ass. And this Max thing of what I'm hearing, I will, I'm will i going to be paying for, like, double the ads if it brings yeah. the price down. I want more ads because they're, like, <laughs> yeah. talking, like, 20 bucks a month for this I, Max. I that's thought crazy. Said, I thought it was $16.99, man. That's, that's it, wild. That's like, that's, like, 20 bucks. But, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a spicy yeah. meatball. Yeah, um, our our old buddies at Impact Wrestling they had some good news. So New good. Japan, yeah, New Japan they were headed this summer to uh, Wagga Wagga or Wagga Wagga. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. New New South Wales, Australia. Um, they were going to do a tour there, and they were going to have a tournament. It was going to be a whole thing. Well, they had to pull out of that. So Impact got the gig. Uh, it's being funded by the local tourism board of Wagga Wagga, um, which is like the funniest sounding name for a town. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, from June 30th to July 1st. It's, it's two events over four days. Conrad Thompson will also be doing some stuff. It's going to be kind of like a an Australia Starcast type of deal. Um, it's going to air on uh, on on Fight TV. And look, I, I think this is incredible for them because when I started watching when Anthem purchased it, and I started watching Impact again, like the like the early shows, they were paying people to come to those shows. They had ads in Toronto for like the, at the local Toronto Craigslist or whatever, hiring people for like 50 bucks a pop to come in and cheer during the shows. So like this is a big step up for them, for them to get paid to go to Australia and do a tour, I think is awesome for those guys. So congratulations. No, that's one of the biggest things that Impact's had. Like, again, partner promotion. I'm sure New Japan helped clear some doors for that. Yeah. Right. They couldn't do it. So they brought Impact in. I think that's fantastic for Impact. Um. 
I do. I enjoy the names of Australian cities and just Australian words in general. <laughs> that Simpsons gag that they they did is just it entertains me greatly. Starcast is going down there, huh? Well, I don't think they called it Starcast, but it's like it's like that type of event. And Con Conrad will be there doing one man shows, I think, and Q and A's. So around the time of the first All Out, I think I told you this story. But I'll tell it on the show. Um, yeah. I, Notorious JD Oliva. I saw the price of. Or uh, Starcast, I'm like, oh, I can't afford that. So I DM'd Conrad Thompson. I'm, you know, videography bits. Said, how would you like to have your show filmed? And he was like, I'm listening. So I told him how I would do it. I didn't hear anything back. All of a sudden, Starcast is a thing, and they're working with the Fight Network. So I like to think so, me being a cheap ass helps spur that on to being created. So he did that to you. He did that to another friend of ours, and I'll tell you his name after we get oh, done recording. We've, we've had oh, we've you know. this before. I know this one. Uh, oh, okay. But um, and I'll tell it, and then we'll we'll go ahead and uh, we'll sign off here because uh, then we have to go to the the Patreon. But um, so a friend of ours uh, wanted to um, work for ad free shows, doing kind of their social media and a lot of their marketing and stuff like that. Had a meeting with them. He did a. Um, he did a full presentation, like a plan, a layout on how he would do it, and yada yada. It just blew their doors off, right? And they said, "Absolutely, uh, you're. We, we think we're going to bring you in. I think you're hired." And yada yada yada. Well, then they ended up ghosting him for a couple weeks, and so he's reaching out, and like they just kept ghosting him, and they said, "Oh well, Conrad hasn't really made his decision, right?" They finally reach out to him, so he's waiting and he's waiting, and he needs this job, right? This is what he does for a living, and so he's waiting and he's waiting, and he finally reaches out to them, and they all block him, right? And then they start using his ideas on social media and start doing all the things that he said that he would do. They started doing it. So they basically had a meeting with him, stole all of his ideas, and then never hired the guy. That's uh, that's ad free shows. That's uh, those guys for you. And well, I, cool. I like, yeah, I, I don't know that Conrad had anything to do with it, by the way. That could have just been those guys setting that whole thing up and ripping off our friend. But that did happen. Absolutely. That's way worse than mine. Mine was, hey, I had this idea and I didn't have the scope that that <laughs> they did. I was just trying to finagle myself some free tickets and uh, they did it way better than I could have ever thought of. But uh, that's a pretty effed up story on the other end, man. I believe yeah. it. Speaking of effed up, real quick before we sign off, Impact is now selling NFTs. Um, that is a scam. Don't buy them. That is a money laundering scam. Um, don't don't ever don't ever 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 purchase an NFT. It is a waste of money. It is stupid. You're telling me in 2023, after it's been exposed, now Impact is jumping on the NFT bandwagon. Yeah, everybody two years ago was doing this. NFL uh-huh. was doing it. NBA, WWE had NFTs, and then it all got, all got exposed as a scam. It's a GIF on your phone. It means nothing, and now they're getting involved. TNA, LOL. I mean, that's so that's so fitting the company, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's so on brand. It's perfect. I'm really glad that um, I never bought an NFT. I never got involved. Isn't Shaq being sued for something about NFTs or something like that? It's probably, yeah, probably. The whole thing yeah. was just a a big a big scam. So, um, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, now Impact. So they had some really good news that we got to talk about, and I was excited for them. And then all of a sudden, they announced that they're selling NFTs now. So congratulations, Impact. You have ruined the goodwill that you got um, earlier in the week. Impact, man. Hey, In, in a nutshell. 
We still and, break. And it, we should we should actually have a, the segment of the show called Brace for Impact where we talk about Impact just for good, just for old times' sake. Well, we could, but I'm also probably going to be reviewing the premium events on the weekends for the Patreon using the Brace for Impact <laughs> deal. But yeah, every now oh. and then we, we'll, we'll do a seg. We'll do a seg. But hey, we we've gone over our time limit for today. Everybody, head over to Patreon.com/slash/FightGameMedia where JD and I will be uh, talking some uh, Don Callis and Kenny Omega. All right, everybody. Bye.